What's going on, family? TGIF, happy Friday. Welcome to another edition of the Faction Quick Hits. It's your man, GB Gerard Bonner. I hope you guys are well. I hope you have had a great week. Certainly, if you're here in the United States, and well, quite frankly, all around the world, everybody's been paying attention to the presidential election, and so people are on pins and needles. All the more reason you need the Faction. Absolutely. So thank you for tuning in today. Big shouts to everybody who joins us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Faction Show. Shout out to everybody who is so kind enough to subscribe to our podcast. That means you, you who are listening to us right now. We have great love, admiration, and appreciation for you. So with that said, I can kind of promise you we're not going to talk about election stuff because you see enough of that already. What I will talk to you about is what's been going on in the world of pro wrestling. Let me start with the ratings from this week's episode of Monday Night Raw. Now, it saw a dip in viewership from last Monday's episode. This week brought in 1.656 million viewers, which is down from last week's 1.732 million viewers. So we saw a significant dip of about 800,000 viewers, which is pretty significant if you say that. On top of that, and this perhaps is the big news, which is kind of scary, that uh, the third hour of Raw brought in an all-time record low for hourly viewing for Monday Night Raw. It brought in 1.455 million viewers. Now, let's put this into perspective. The show started with 1.747 million viewers. Hour two went up by about 200,000 viewers at 1.76 million viewers. Then lost, golly, 300,000 viewers in the last hour. Raw, what the heck are you doing? Something really needs to be done about this. And to me, you know, to be perfectly honest, this reminds me of WCW. When WCW wrestlers had guaranteed contracts and they knew nothing could change about it, they weren't worried about the content or the product that they were putting out. USA has committed to this five-year deal with WWE and it does not appear that WWE is saying hey let's put out amazing content to ensure the nature of this deal and so that is concerning to me yes Raw has made some changes in terms of personnel in terms of the draft and the like but it's obviously not translating when you bring about the lowest rating in the history of the show in a given hour it's pretty telling and yes i know we had the election we've got monday night football but the truth be told on a monday night people weren't watching the news for election coverage because there were no results to talk about so that's something now where we may have seen that impacted was this week in aew dynamite and nxt on the wednesday night wars so this week If you remember last week, of course, NXT defeated AEW Dynamite as it was NXT Halloween Havoc. Well, both groups saw viewership dip as AEW Dynamite drew in 717,000 viewers, which is down by about 70,000 viewers from last week's 781,000 viewers. NXT brought in 610,000 viewers, which is a drop of about 266,000 viewers. 
as opposed to last week where they brought in 876,000 viewers. So I definitely think that the election coverage impacted that. It's significant because it's AEW's go-home show as they're getting ready for full gear, and we've got a preview of the full gear pay-per-view coming up in just a little bit. So those are your Wednesday night war numbers. AEW back on top, winning uh, this episode of the war by about 100,000 viewers. And so uh, interesting to say the least. Now, little other news before we come back and circle back to AEW Dynamite. Congratulations to Jonathan Gresham in Ring of Honor as he defeated Tracy Williams to win the Pure Title Tournament. Now remember, Gresham along with Jay Lethal was what many thought would be the finals of this tournament. Jay Lethal lost to Tracy Williams in the semifinals, putting Williams in the finals. Gresham, of course, walks away with the championship, and now Gresham holds both the Pure Championship and the ROH Tag Title along with Jay Lethal. So congratulations, a huge, huge moment for Jonathan Gresham, which many have considered to be among the best pure wrestlers in the world. Now with the ROH Pure Championship, he can certainly lay claim to that. We've not talked about this officially on the podcast, and that is uh, the news that came out that Kylie Ray is no longer in the pro wrestling business. So we were concerned a bit when, as almost two weeks ago, at the Bound for Glory pay-per-view for Impact Wrestling, Kylie Ray no-showed. She was scheduled to be in the Knockouts title match against Deanna Perrazzo. She no-showed with no explanation. She was replaced by Sue Young, and Sue Young would win the Knockouts championship. So the question was, where is Kylie Ray? What's happened with Kylie Ray? Well, we saw uh, late last week, early this week, that she put out a statement uh, on her Patreon, which said, I am no longer a professional wrestler. Uh, She said she wasn't going to be able to fulfill uh, whatever obligation she had in Impact or with her Patreon fans. And she said, quote, I am unwell. Kylie Ray citing issues with mental health has left the pro wrestling business. It's caused a lot of people to ask the question why, as certainly she seems to have had a bright future ahead of her. Dave Meltzer from uh, Wrestling Observer tends to think that uh, she's been harassed by hateful remarks from fans and that she did not take well the comparison uh, that Cody Rhodes made between her and Bailey in AEW when she was a part of Double or Nothing. And so all of these things in his mind have piled up. And uh, I'll just say this. I think we have to be completely honest and transparent and give people the opportunity to uh, deal with whatever their issues are. Mental health is a very real thing. Um, It is not a scapegoat. It is not some other thing. And we've seen other wrestlers impacted by mental health. Uh, Leo Rush, we've seen our, uh, one of the, the announcers that I admire, Mauro Ronaldo, impacted by mental health. Uh, ACH has been public about his battle with mental health. It is a very real situation. And I applaud Kylie Ray for doing what she needs to do to get 
better. So as wrestling fans, I think our responsibility is to honor the decisions that these wrestlers make. Let's just remember a couple of things. Pro wrestlers are in a unique spot uh, because they are public figures. They portray, um, you know, different types of personalities. Some of them are uh, in line with who they actually are. Others of them are not. But they often have to deal with uh, the very emotional responses from us as fans. And where that can be challenging is this. No one wants to constantly be berated by anybody, you know, especially during these very challenging times. And the truth of it is, I think we look at wrestlers as superheroes, um, as people who don't feel anything, who aren't impacted by anything. And that's not fair. And that's not accurate. So uh, shout out to Kylie Ray. Of course, she left AEW, uh, was in Impact Wrestling, seemed to have been doing better, was in line for a title shot uh, at the biggest pay-per-view for Impact Wrestling, but just couldn't do it. So my heart and my thoughts and my prayers go out to her. I hope she gets better. And to be perfectly honest with you, I'm not necessarily interested in her coming back to pro wrestling if it's going to endanger her mental health. Um, yeah, it's a big, big deal. So fans, let's just be kind and considerate, not just to Kylie Ray, but to all of the wrestlers that we like or dislike. Kindness goes a long way and wrestlers are people too. So as we mentioned, we saw Kylie Ray first on a national stage at AEW's Double or Nothing. Well, here we are, AEW now a year and a half or so removed from the initial Double or Nothing pay-per-view. And AEW is bringing to us their latest pay-per-view, Full Gear, which goes down this Saturday. That's tomorrow night. Uh, several big matches are lined up for it, including the buy-in match, which is for the NWA Women's Championship. As the new champion, Serena Deeb battles former NWA Women's Champion, Allison Kay. We have other matches uh, happening on the pay-per-view, including Orange Cassidy versus John Silver, who is number four from the Dark Order. Matt Hardy against Sammy Guevara in the Ultimate Deletion. Chris Jericho versus MJF. If MJF wins, he joins the Inner Circle. Kenny Omega takes on Hangman Adam Page in the finals of the AEW World Championship Number One Contenders Tournament. FTR battles the Young Bucks for the tag team titles. If the Young Bucks lose, they will never get another shot at the AEW tag titles again. And let me just tell you that WWE has dropped their uh, lawsuit and all of the things connected to the name Cody Rhodes, giving Cody the opportunity to once again be his full self for the first time in AEW. Cody Rhodes defends the TNT Championship against Darby Allin. Hikaru Shida defends the AEW Women's Championship against Nyla Rose and in an I quit match John Moxley takes on Eddie Kingston for the AEW World Championship so according to Jim Ross Tony Schiavone and others this is the strongest card they've ever had on an AEW pay-per-view I'm not fully sure that I agree with that assessment. I will say there are several matches on paper that have the opportunity to really be barn burners. Of course, everyone knows the dream match, FTR and the Young Bucks should be amazing. Kenny Omega and Adam Page, I will just tell you, uh, I think we're finally starting to see Kenny Omega become the Kenny Omega we always thought he would be in AEW. Uh, let me also say this. I think one of the uh, things that the elite were looking to do, the Young Bucks, 
Cody, Kenny Omega was to not be what other wrestlers slash promoters or slash executives have been. We've seen it all throughout the territories, whether you were in Memphis with Jerry Lawler, in World Class with Fritz Von Erich, in the AWA with Vern Gagne, or even in the WWE in the later years with Triple H. Uh, the weird spot that wrestlers uh, are world champions and also executives kind of creates a picture that indeed perhaps they really aren't the best. Uh, but the problem here is this. This company opened up with all of us knowing that they would be the best. We all knew that Kenny Omega uh, of course, after his run in New Japan, was one of the greatest wrestlers in the world. He was ranked number one on the PWI 500. You've got Cody Rhodes, who left WWE and proved that you can be more successful leaving the E than you were in the E. And then you have the Young Bucks, who were the greatest tag team. So you've got literally the four top wrestlers in the company or in the world, rather, forming their own company, yes, it makes sense for them to be champions. The inaugural champions, maybe, maybe not. That's up for debate. But I think they may have gone overboard to their detriment in not positioning themselves to be the best since we all believe that they are the best. Cody has positioned himself to never get another shot at the AEW World Championship, which I think, hey, it's pro wrestling. At some point, that's going to have to change. Cody is the front man for this organization. But I will say this, if Cody's not the champion, Kenny Omega should be. Kenny Omega is the best bout machine. And so he held the tag titles. I think it's long overdue. I think Omega beats Hangman Page uh, to march on to the championship. I think John Moxley retains the AEW world title. Uh, we set up Kenny Omega, John Moxley, well, which is a rematch from uh, last year's full gear pay-per-view. And so I just think it makes sense. They're the two best wrestlers in AEW right now. Uh, Jericho and MJF should be very entertaining. I think MJF wins, uh, gets into the inner circle, and ultimately turns on Jericho for another big match. Uh, Matt Hardy and Sammy Guevara, the ultimate elite deletion. I will say this. I'm hoping that it is a pre-recorded match. That is what we call the cinematic or movie match because we remember what happened the last time they got together. Right at the top, there was a bit of a concussion, it seemed like, for Matt Hardy. He hit the floor very, very dangerously, um, and they're going to have to figure out how to work that. Uh, the NWA Women's Championship match as part of the buy-in is really interesting, and I'll just say this. It is amazing to me that the NWA uh, in general seems to be getting more attention from everywhere outside of the NWA. And a lot of that, I'm sure, has to do with the fact that they still haven't landed on their own show. I don't know why NWA power is not a thing anymore. Um, I do know, obviously, they moved from here in Atlanta to go over to the West Coast. Uh, but the problem with that is the UWN, the United Wrestling Network, is setting up their own world championship, which, again, to me, is a major slap in the face if we're here to promote the NWA. And so, to me, I don't know why the NWA hasn't decided to just do it here in Atlanta. It's going to be empty arena or, you know, space some fans out or whatever. Uh, considering that you're doing empty arena in Long Beach, California, anyway. 
Be that as it may, uh, perhaps the best thing to happen for the NWA was Thunder Rosa and now Serena Deeb carrying the NWA championship on AEW television. So this should be very interesting to see. Um, Hikaru Shida, Nyla Rose. I think Nyla Rose will likely regain the championship, though I'd love to see Hikaru Shida uh, successfully defend. Uh, last but not least, John Moxley and Eddie Kingston. I think they've told an amazing story. Uh, I definitely think Moxley will win. I don't think there's any way Eddie Kingston wins the AEW World Championship. No slight to Kingston at all, but I don't know that that's the man who becomes the face of AEW. I think we're all looking forward to the Moxley Omega match, which will likely happen uh, next year at their Revolution pay-per-view. The last thing I'll say before we get out of here is this. I think AEW is going to have to do something to freshen up their product. And this is what I mean by that. They have had the pleasure of being in uh, the Daily's Place Amphitheater, of course, really since post-pandemic. Outside the shows, they shot right outside of Atlanta. But I will say this. The challenge is the same challenge, honestly, that WWE had um, with their uh, staging initially, and that is they weren't doing anything different with it when it came time for pay-per-view. There needs to be a different look. There needs to be something that says this is special, this is different. Of course, they were doing that prior to the pandemic, and they were leading the way, to be honest, with fans returning to the stadiums, with you know uh, some of their personnel around the ring, with a bigger stage, which was much bigger than what was happening at the Performance Center. The challenge is WWE has now put together the Thunderdome and the Capitol Wrestling Center, two very different looking products, and they've managed to make their pay-per-views look different than their weekly programs. AEW needs to do that for Full Gear, and they need to figure out what happened at the last pay-per-view, the all-out pay-per-view. They've got to figure out what didn't work there so they could make it work here because I thought that pay-per-view looked amazing on paper but didn't deliver well. And I think one of the things, and again, I'm going to shut up now because I'm way over my time, but I think this is important. How you start matters. And this is no knock to Dr. Britt Baker or to Big Swole, but starting the pay-per-view with that match did not make for a good pay-per-view. And uh, the pundits all agree. So I would just say start with a strong match. You've got enough matches there. Don't start with Orange Cassidy and John Silver. It's got to start with a really strong match. Maybe Jericho MJF. Maybe uh, Kenny Omega and Adam Page. It's got to start, I think, with one of those two matches. Or even Cody and Darby Allen. It's got to start strong so we can go through what happens in the middle and you can end strong. It sets the pace for the pay-per-view. AEW tends to figure these things out, and I'm trusting that they will as well. I want to know, will you be watching AEW Full Gear this weekend? Uh, let me know. Will you be watching SmackDown tonight as well? Should be another big weekend in the world of pro wrestling and of course a week from this Sunday we'll start to see uh, some tournament action beginning for the best of the super junior tournament um, and then and again and that's in New Japan pro wrestling and much much more so with all that said definitely want to hear from you Facebook Instagram Twitter at the faction show also if you're not subscribed to this podcast click the subscribe button if you are rate 
and leave a comment for us as well hope you guys have an amazing weekend stay tuned to our social media where we'll have all kinds of great news and content until next time it's me and gb representing for my good brothers courtney beard brandon clack and the fourth horseman john murray collectively we're known as the faction I lead my people, here we go